Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. I'm going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And I'll do my best to help you out with computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Plenty of things we talked about. We posted it over at computertalkwithtab.com. It'll go to our live links area. And, of course, you can like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook. It'll go to your news feed if Mark Zuckerberg deems it worthy. And, of course, on Twitter at uh, Tab Computer Sys. If you follow us there on Twitter, these things go to your Twitter account as well. Now that everyone's using Twitter uh, to see what the president's talking about, may as well look at the, the technology we're talking about here on Computer Talk. And uh, we do have a, a link that we found talking about that you can cancel cashier's checks. Um, it's very interesting. It talks about how you stop payment. Uh, we put a link up there for you um, about it. And uh, we'll do a little more research on it as well because you get kind of mixed uh, feelings. One of our callers uh, found uh, he did a research based on his um, uh, in, uh, dealings with uh, fraud on Craigslist, uh, similar to what I described earlier in the show, where the uh, purchaser wanted to send an extra hundred bucks for the item and then additional money uh, for me to wire his movers. Obviously, that is should be a huge red flag for you to be wiring money anywhere for anything for something somebody is purchasing from you. Um, but the question, I mean, the guy sent me a certified check uh, in the mail, cashier's check, and uh, for for much more than the hot tub was worth. So had I deposited it, you know, the, the uh, scammer on the other end saying, oh, no, feel you deposit the check. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Well, the only way that scam works is if they can get their money back. So what what happens is, you know, that check is either fraudulent or some sort of kiting going on, or I don't know what's going on, um, where you deposit the check into your bank account, and then you know you can wait a few days, whatever your comfort level is, maybe a week to make sure it quote unquote clears, and then you then wire money out of your account to cover that moving cost for the guy who couldn't figure that out, but he could send a check from Texas, uh, but couldn't figure out how to pay his movers, and then all of a sudden they're going to get their money back. On top of that, by either canceling the funds and withdrawing it, and, and some some banks do seem to allow it from what we're seeing here, um, where you can actually stop payment on a cashier's check, uh, and that's an interesting interesting concept. Let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Carl in Bloomfield. Hey, Carl. Hi. Hey, what can I do for you? Well, I've got a problem. Just uh, like everybody else that calls you. <laughs> I'll do my uh, best to help you. Yeah. Um, I've got a brother who has uh, got developmental disabilities, mm-hmm. including uh, he's partly deaf. Okay. And so for many years now, uh, pictures have been a primary way of communicating with him. Okay. And uh, my mother 
number of years ago, came up with the idea that instead of having photographs all around the house, what you'd do is have photographs put on a computer with a touchscreen monitor, and my brother could then point to the picture he wanted to print out and tell the computer program to print it. Okay. And we've got a problem here that uh, this uh, the program stopped working. All right. Um, I've, right now, if I bring the program up on the computer, um, I'll see the background picture of just clouds in the sky. It's a very common uh, uh, picture that comes with uh, Windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the pictures that we're interested in, the ones that he might want to select and print out, uh, are no longer displaying on the computer. Is this background an X- Windows XP computer? Uh, it's a Windows Millennium. Millennium, yikes! Yeah. And the pictures that were on the screen were they really icons on the screen? Uh, well, they're larger than the icons. They're uh, on the on the screen. They show about oh, an inch by two inches. I mean, they're not terribly big because you want a lot of photographs up on the screen. But he he's learned that. He can move from one screen to another, and so he can, he knows how to get to the picture he wants to print out. Okay, but these are common. So you, he could be printing out the same picture every day if he wanted to. Right, yeah, and so sometimes he does that. There's something he wants to do, or he wants to get a magazine or something. He'll make, uh, print the picture out multiple times. If he wants, to, okay. Uh, and and so the icons are no longer on that Millennium Edition computer. They've they've disappeared. I'm I'm, I'm assuming it's an icon. I mean, so this is the Millennium Edition's desktop we're talking about, Carl. Yes. Okay. And so that I I think your desktop is broken. Your profile in Millennium, um, and that's what's going on here. Is it's 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 finally broken on you, which obviously seems to be the case. You can log into Millennium, right? But you can't see his desktop anymore. Well, we, yeah, we, uh, we, there's no indication. Always I see is the background picture of the clouds. There's no indication of his program running at all. Right. And it's sort of hard to, uh, well, if you don't see the picture, it's sort of hard to know where to, for, for him to press <laughs> on the screen. Well, ex- no, exactly. And, and, and instead we've, we've got to get an error message out, like uh, scan disk has caused an error in shell 32.dll. Yes. Scan disk will now close. If you continue to experience the problems, try to restart your computer. Yes. And I've gone on to the web and uh, found that that sort of message is rather common for. Well, for yeah, for for old machines, yeah. Um, You, I think you've got a damaged profile in the Millennium Edition. That's why you're not seeing his icons anymore. Um, That machine has got to be very, very old, uh, obviously. Yeah. Um. I haven't seen a Millennium Edition machine in probably a decade or more. I'm trying to find anything I can that might have some information as to how to fix a corrupt profile in Millennium Edition, which is what's going on here. However, your scan disk is a clue to the fact that your drive might be failing. Yeah, I, uh, I've run uh, Microsoft scan disk um, in the check-only mode. I haven't tried to uh, fix anything with it, but the check-only mode, it there's a bar down the bottom that shows that uh, it's progressed through the doing the checks up to about 93%. And then it stops? And, and then it stops, and it says, hey, there's a problem with the file allocation table. Okay, so that's bad news here, Carl. So, <laughs> right, right. So let's uh, 
again, this is an old system. It's telling you the drive's failing. I don't know of any way that we're going to correct this. Even if you put it in the fixed mode, um, it could still fix the files, but when it fixes them, sometimes it just rewrites them as unusable files and makes the space available, which could permanently finish the operating system anyways. Um, but your, your, your symptoms are one of your hard drive failing. So I would stop working on this machine and consider a replacement um, that'll do the same thing for uh, uh, for your for the user. It'll work fine in a Windows 10 environment, um, but it might, might be time to get that thing replaced. Spending any time at a third party or a repair shop is not worth it on a machine that old. Um, so I think you're going to have to get go forward and get it, uh, a new system for them. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, it's telling you the drive's failing, so it's not worth continuing. If it was a younger machine, you would change the hard drive out, but it's that's probably a decade older or older. Yep. Um, but I think you're really done there. Or you can try to run the fix, tell it to fix it, and, and hold your uh, hold your breath. <laughs> um, is there any data on there you need, Carl? Uh, yeah, well, there are copies of the program itself. There are multiple copies of the program on there. When the, what's the uh, program called? Uh, uh Picture Talk or something like that. It's it's a program. It's not a commercial program. Oh, it's something somebody wrote custom for him. Right. Oh wow, is that person still around to help out? Uh, no. <laughs> oh boy. Um, there are services. Um, and I forget. We should have. I should have a note in here. But there are services uh, out there for folks who deal with um, um, these types of disabilities, where they have software that might already be out there now developed. I mean, you've been running this machine for a very long time in this way, and uh, I bet you you can find uh, services uh, out there that already have software already pre-designed now for this type of thing. Um, You can't be the only person out there using this type of technology. And there's a state agency that I cannot remember. Um, Maybe somebody out there can call me because they they actually work to interface with folks to give them access to some of this technology that's readily available that you can just utilize on something current. You shouldn't feel like you're stuck, Carl. Um, yeah, well, I, um, no, I know, I'm aware that there is some other work going on. Um, uh, there had, I was not a party to the discussions, but I've heard of discussions in which uh, people are considering uh, using an iPad to do a similar type of thing. Right, yeah. So Everything's touchscreen these days, so yeah. it should be very easy for you to find. Um, actually, I heard something kind of cool on uh, Colin McEnroe's show where he is using um, sign language uh, and is actually using a Facebook uh, live feed so that his broadcast can be then signed, which is an interesting thought, right? Radio being seen. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of stuff going on out there that's really kind of neat with the technology. Yeah. So I wish I could give you more uh, help there, Carl, but that drive is telling you it's it's done and I, I suspect if you run the fix, it's not going to come back. Uh, it might, um, but I would look at something different. I wouldn't waste too much time on this machine. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, Carl. Thanks for the help. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, so the, the company is the uh, Connecticut Technology and Action Project. And um, uh, Connecticut Tech Act Project. We'll put a link up there for you. That's the one I can never remember. I don't know why I can't, but I can't. I just can't do it. Uh, but it's a neat uh, resource, uh, and uh, Carl, you should check that out. The, the information for uh, an alternative solution could be right there for you, but we'll put a link out there for you as well. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more of your calls. Uh, Jason and Scott, hang on. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back.
We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Let's get right to your calls. You're nice enough to be online and uh, help me out on this Saturday morning. Otherwise, i got to talk to my kids by myself. That's like the worst option for you to hear. You know, it would not be fun. Let's go to your calls, though. Let's go to Scott in Manchester. Hey, Scott. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? Doing fine. How are you? Doing good. You had a caller last hour with a Macintosh who could not read his music off an external hard drive, and I think I got a solution for you. Awesome. Yeah, if the hard drive's healthy, what, what can he do? Well, Macintoshes do not read NTFS format by default. And okay. I think that's what the problem is. Gotcha. Uh, there's a bunch of freeware NTFS reader uh, apps for the Mac. Uh, a good one is called Paragon, and you can download it. It's a free version. It only reads. It does not write to NTFS. Cool. Uh, and it works for 30 days, you know, reading it. So if he downloads that, installs that, the, it will see the drive. And then what he can do is go into iTunes and uh, select import and then import all his music right into iTunes from the drive. Awesome. I didn't know that existed. That's that's great. Thank you. Thank you very much for letting us know. Uh, we'll put a link up there for the Paragon software. And uh, and gosh, I hope that works for him. That'd be great. Yeah, I think I think that would be it because I, I ran into the problem myself in the past. That's why I knew the solution. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks, Scott. All right, have a good weekend. You too. All, All right, right. bye bye. Yeah, I'm not a big Mac user, so uh, without you guys helping me on that one, I wouldn't be able to uh, answer that question. All right, let's go on to let's go on to Jason uh, in New Britain next. Hey, Jason, what's up? Hello, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. What could Bob be doing today that would be more exciting than being here with you on the radio? We say that again. I said, what could Bob be doing today that would be more exciting than being with you on the radio? <laughs> oh, I can think of a lot of things. Um, I, I really don't know. I think he's taking a class, frankly. Uh, so he's uh, got a couple days off. But uh, he'll be back, I think, next Saturday. Well, I wanted to share just a couple experiences. Would you describe with your Craigslist experience? Yeah. I had exactly the same thing, except the flag for me was, of course, as soon as the first number came through on the text i i looked it up and it was um a land it read it said it was registered in florida but i was selling a snowblower <laughs> so that was you know that was the first flag for me and then it just kind of deteriorated from there yeah so did they did they try to do the same thing they you know send you a more money than you needed and all that fun stuff yeah i i had that experience and i also had we were renting uh, we had a rental apartment at one time and there was a doctor who said he was coming to yukon to do some kind of assignment and he wanted to pay a year in advance and it was somebody that had the doctor must have taken the doctor's um information because we looked him up online and everything about him was legit oh wow and at the time my wife was working there she called a friend of hers and she said no we don't have anybody like that you know coming to work here at the hospital wow and so that was it. but they wanted to pay a year's rent in advance and of course they wanted us to change the rugs so they'd send us extra money for the rugs, and we would pay the those people and so forth. And you know, that's that, crazy. But it, that went over three days. That it is wasn't weird. just something that was one and done. It was a conversation that we had over email for three days. Wow! Before we finally said, "No, thank you. We're not interested." So yeah, it's the alarm bells start to go off. Yeah, yeah, that was that was strange. But the other thing about taking the money out of the bank. Yeah, I can tell you, <clears throat> my wife received a check with a group uh, called Mystery Shopper. Mm-hmm. And she had like three different telephone conversations with these folks. Yep. They sent her a check for $3,800, wow. which she cashed. Yeah. And then the bank called up a few days later and said the check was no good. Right. <laughs> 
so you you know if you like please return the money or we can you know withdraw it from one of your checking accounts or something yeah so the bank will be whole one way or the other but it was it was pretty amazing it's yeah. just pretty amazing how sophisticated those groups are they are and, and and i just want to figure out how to understand how they're trying to get their money because if they ever send money like that i'd love you know obviously you don't want to be part of the bad guys but if you sent me that check and i depo- and i opened up an account at a different bank had the money go in and then take it out then the bank's stuck with it right and then i'd be just as bad as the bad guys right well you know? yeah but the bank will come after you i i would think uh, could they? I just I just cashed a check that they said was good. I don't know. It's a good point. Yeah, uh, we'll talk. We're, I've got a, a banker friend that's on the line that wants to give us some information, so I'll ask him that question. Well, I'd be very interested. All I right. enjoy the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, thanks, Jason, very Thank much. You. All right, bye bye. All right, let's go on to um, Rob here on the hotline. Hey, Rob, thanks for calling in. Hey, Eric, how are you? Good. Rob's uh, in the banking industry, and I asked him to kind of answer some of these questions about, you know check fraud happening with Craigslist and uh, how uh, we've heard some some stories on the radio here from folks who said you can actually cancel cashier's checks. Or, or how does this fraud work? Have you heard about it? Yeah, I've heard about it. And uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, when you get a cashier's check from a bank, what actually is happening is Rob goes into the bank and he has $5,000 in his account. Yeah. And he asks for a cashier's check. And that's $5,000 is moved to a separate account at the bank. Yep. And the cashier's check is, of course, issued from the bank itself. Yep. So if I mail that check to another person, when they get that check in the mail, um, even a month later, even two months later, if they deposit that check into their account, it's going to clear. Yep. Because Rob cannot go back to his bank and say, hey, stop payment on that bank check or that cashier's check. And the reason why is because I don't have the check anymore. Hmm. I can file for a refund at the bank. Yep. Uh, I can say to the bank, I lost the check, or uh, I, don't, I don't know where it is, or it was stolen. What'll happen there is you'll fill out documents. Uh, it takes 90 days, 120 days, usually actually more than 180 days, because all checks are no good after 180 days. No. Oh. So then if that check has not cleared the system, then the bank will then refund that money uh, into your account. So you'll be whole again. So this guy this guy was going to scam me in a different way then. So he's trying to scam me in that I'd see the money there, but it really wasn't covered. That's the issue is the available funds rule. What happens is when you deposit anything, um, even if it just looks like a check. So, you know, you and I, we know about these really amazing printers uh, you can get uh, a device that kind of stamps the check that looks like it has raised situations. You can buy really, really good blank checks uh, uh, and then print them. Yeah. And you can make them look like cashier's checks. Now, I will tell you, bankers, tellers, uh, and other people are very well trained to try to identify these things. We kind of laugh about them sometimes, and we, we help our customers because they misspell uh, words on the checks. Yeah, uh, they they put zip codes that don't match the city and state of where the bank is. Gotcha. So if people would take the time to actually look very careful at any check they receive, yep, they might very well identify the fraud right away. I appreciate it, Rob. Yeah. So yeah, we're com- we're coming up against a hard break, Rob. Thank you for coming in and giving us a little insight on how checks work. It's fraud on the check. All right. Okay. Thanks, Eric. You got to take it easy. Bye bye. We'll be right back.
right back. This is Computer Talk with Tad. I'm Eric. I'm going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Then Dr. Les will be in at 11 o'clock giving you a second opinion on your health advice. So stick around for that. But you guys are great enough to call me on this Saturday morning. I'm going to go right to your calls and uh, go to Jim in Summers next. Hey, Jim, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Doing fine. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're talking about this. I'm a retired detective from Springfield. Okay. And I used to investigate crimes against the elderly and disabled. And they seem to be the most targeted and the most willing to give up their money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I just actually put something on, on uh, Craigslist the other day. Yep. And usually, and it's the same case for everybody, usually within an hour or two, you'll get a response saying, uh, please consider this item. They never call it what it is. Mm. You know, they'll always call it an item. They won't use proper English. Mm-hmm. And those are the, some of the dead giveaways. And it uh, always they always pay you more than what you're asking for the item. And they're always far away. You know, everything's got to be shipped. Right. And uh, then they pay you, uh, mind it, they paid me with a uh, a corporate check from Utah, and I called the company up, and they go, yeah, we've been getting phone calls. It's not really. But you know what else they're using, and they're so um, realistic, you can't tell the difference, is uh, United States Postal Service money orders. Mm. Uh, and they confiscate those by, by the pallet loads, in, uh, and they're all coming from uh, Africa. Really? And they look so authentic that you there's a way that they can tell, and uh, there's a, a certain criteria they use. Mm-hmm. Um, they can tell you offline, but not on the air. But yeah. you know, you call them up and they you go right to the postal service check and you verify if this is real or not, and they do their little thing and they go, nope, that's that's not it. But it's 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 un uh, it's uncanny how the technology that they have to make these the checks and. Uh, and especially the money orders from the Postal Service, it's uh, it's unbelievable. The other thing that they use is uh, when you get a phone call, one of them I had was from Publishers Clearinghouse, mm-hmm. and uh, they use VOIP, and uh, yeah. with that, they can use any phone number they want, so it makes it look like they're calling from Springfield, Mass., and they're really in, uh, this guy was actually in Jamaica, mm-hmm. and he had a Florida address, and the Secret Service went over there, and they say, hey, we need a unit number. This is a mall. And I'm like, oh, forget it then. Mm-hmm. You know, so I did a, uh, I did a search warrant for the VOIP company. Yeah. And it came out of uh, Jamaica. They used a Jamaican um, um, cable company mm-hmm. to get the VOIP. Yep. So I got a search warrant for the cable company, and it was thousands and thousands and thousands of calls within, within a month. Wow. Um, and he, several hundred a day. And all they're doing really is just, uh, you know, robocalling, calling and calling and calling until someone takes the bait, you know, like yep. a fishing scheme. Yep. And once they have you, and, and then they get it. But what they usually want you to do is they, they'll pay you more. Right. And the check usually, like the banker said, uh, they, they say within seven days the money will be in your account, and you could send us the, the difference. We, we It was an error on our part. Please send us the difference back, and we'll have a shipper come up or, you know, right. whatever it is. But it usually takes more than 30 days for the check to actually clear. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought, hey, they had extra money in the bank, and they spent the money, you know, like in a washer and dryer in one case. Yep. And all of a sudden, their account got frozen a month later. And uh, not only did they lose the money they sent the guy, but they lost the value of the check that came out. So, you know, they got hit twice. Right. So, so uh, you have to be – the biggest giveaway is they're not anywhere around you. Right. And uh, the the wording of that they, that they use, it's really not proper grammar, uh, not proper English, and they always call it an item. They never really call it what it actually is. 
Good point. And again, they're always, like you said, paying you more. My my theory of uh, trying to get the scammer back of going to a bank with my 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 newly found check here and opening an account, put the money in, and then taking it out, I, I'd be just as bad as the bad guys, right? Because I mean, yeah, because you know, you you know, it's it's not the value, and you're selling something for four hundred dollars, and they're sending you five hundred dollars, right? And the other thing is, you you probably have a good idea of saying, hey, you know what, this is probably a fraud, but money's right. money, and you know what, and when you have to call the police to take a report, they look at you like <laughs> you kind of knew this was a bad thing to do, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm just well, trying to figure out how to get this. Yeah, the scammers, if they actually have funds that we could you could actually capture, but obviously they're all fake. They're all this is all fraudulent checks. There, there's no right. real money leaving. They're just sending out fake and, checks. And you know, we we seem to think as technology gets easier and easier for us to use, yeah, it also becomes more convenient for them to take advantage of that technology to right. victimize somebody. You know, and the latest thing is with the automatic uh, voicemails you get without even a call, all of a sudden you get a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're actually getting into your phone to, to put that voicemail in there without you even knowing it. You know, so what's next down the road? Yeah, it's pretty creepy out there, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> you can't trust anybody. You just you got to sell your hot tub to your friends and uh, yeah. don't bother dealing with the, the well, worldwide. Well, you know, the, 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 the old saying is actually true. If it's too good to be true, it's probably not. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I do appreciate your call. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, thanks very much. So it's uh, a lot of scamming going on out there, guys. They're literally not even using real checks uh, to, to pay for this stuff. So you see anything beyond the amount you've asked for, there's your first uh, – your first warning. If they want to pay you any extra, it's baloney. Let's go on to your calls, and we're going to go to um, Ted in Brantford, who's up next. Hey, Ted. Ted Good morning. There? Morning. Um, I've got an HP mm-hmm. uh, Pavilion computer, i7 processor. Nice. Windows 10. All right. And... and um, I ended up with a little problem here in the sense that uh, I went in to uh, do a little research here using Mozilla, and I went in to, uh, oh, do some research into the people that were way back when starting, uh, like, Morning America and so forth. I couldn't remember, uh, oh, Dave... uh, I can't remember his last name now. This started okay. way back when, in the, I guess in the 50s. You're trying to research Good Morning America is what you're trying to do? Yeah. Okay. What, ha- what happened was the uh, uh, website and so forth is locked on to Mozilla. I can't take and uh, get rid of the original research I've done. Every time I go into Mozilla now, that particular site comes document up and so forth keeps coming back up i've got to clear it yes or i can go into do some uh further uh, research so right so you've got your home page has been hijacked by that page that you ended up going to yeah so mm-hmm. you just got to go to the settings of mozilla and change that home page to be something else in, in the settings in the in the, in the uh, mozilla settings because oh. it's it's been hijacked your browser's been hijacked it sounds like and they threw in that home page that you ended up with as your new home page okay so oh. We can put a link up there as to how to clear your homepage um, or change your homepage in Mozilla Firefox. 
Um, I also would recommend, Ted, that you use OpenDNS because it probably wouldn't have happened if you have that in place. I do have that on there. You do? Yeah. Interesting. Well, it shouldn't have occurred then. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear you had uh, a browser hijack with, with OpenDNS operating, but that's what happened to you. Um, yeah. Your homepage got changed, and it shouldn't have allowed you through that through that tool if you're surfing through that tool correctly. So, Yeah, I use periodically was, um, malware. Malware bytes? Bytes and so forth to clear out any kind of uh, garbage that has accumulated and so forth. Yeah. I haven't seen anything come up on it. So Yeah, you're you're probably clean. You can do a, you can clear your cache on Mozilla and then go back and configure your homepage to be whatever you want to be again. That's what's changed on you. All right. So your web uh, your website will show me how to get into Mozilla and clear the cache out. And yep. And how to change your homepage. Again. Yep. Okay. Very good. Thanks right. for being on the air. I um, find you very helpful. Oh, uh, my pleasure, Ted. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Um, it's odd that he got a hijack there like that, running open DNS. Let's go on to um, our resident groupie, Danny, in Glastonbury. Hey, Danny. Hey, guy. Uh, hey, listen, I had an experience with a, a postal money order. Yep. Uh, I had a, a dispute with uh, something I bought, and they tried to overcharge me, so instead of going through all the trouble, I was just going to send them the $32. Mm-hmm. So I never sold it out payable to them. But anyway, I got it resolved, and yep. so I had this postal money order left. I went back to the post office where I bought it here in Glastonbury, mm-hmm. and the postal the post office won't wouldn't refund the money for the postal money order because they said they couldn't tell if it was a fraud or not, if it was a, a legitimate postal money order. And that was what you got it from them? Yeah, I got it from them. Oh, boy. I mean, it was about, you know, th- three weeks later. But it's still it wasn't you know like a, a tremendous lapse in time. Right, they should have have a they should have a register like a, a check well, register. Said, you know, it's got it's got like eight million serial numbers across the bottom. Yeah, and he said they had no way to verify that they sold it and that it was legitimate. Really? Yeah. That's that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you not have a check register the way you and I have check registers in our own checkbooks? I, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. That seems like they may have a hole in their procedure. Yeah, exactly. So you're out thirty two bucks. And uh, another quick question about that uh, that HP Envy you were talking about. I said mm-hmm. I wanted to get from my wife. Yeah. If she just wants it to do regular, you know, emails and stuff like that, and maybe watch um, down movies on Amazon. Yeah. What what she need? Just the i five processor, yeah. and not um, the, the super gigahertz with everything else. Yeah, i five is your minimum. That's where you start. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Danny, thanks. Okay, thank you. All right, bye bye. Man, you'd think they would have a check register at the post office. I got to take a break, right, Mike? All right, got to step up for a quick break. Jeff, Chris, Rob, hang on. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here at 11 o'clock. Dr. Lessie's here. He's in the green room getting ready to give you a second opinion on your health advice coming up at 11 o'clock. But let's get right to your calls. We've got more folks on the line here. And thank you for joining us on this uh uh, Saturday morning. We're going to go to Jeff, who's been online the longest. Hey, Jeff, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Thanks doing, for taking the call. My pleasure. Uh, Dell XPS i7 running 10. All right. Uh, trying to talk to printers. So it, I get a, it prints off uh, the first page, and mm-hmm. then it just kind of stops randomly through the next page. Okay. And then the next time you try, it's, it's in an error state. Is this a USB printer, um, parallel printer? It's USB, a 
this point. Yeah. Okay. And it's is it an older printer or a current one? It's an older printer, but I have had the same issue with other printers. Uh, okay. I'm pretty, pretty sure it's the computer's fault. <laughs> well, the only way it'd be the computer's fault is if it's the same USB port that you're using to print to. Then you could blame the USB port, maybe a problem with its communication, it's flaky. So you would then try a different USB port and see if you got the same result. Have you tried okay. any, Have you tried that at all? I believe so. Okay, so if you've moved the, the printers to different USB port and still have these issues, it's most likely a driver issue, a printer driver issue. And some printers are just not Windows 10 compatible because they don't want to be because they want to have you go out and buy a new printer. Okay. Um, but I'm going to end up having to do that. Well, maybe. So go on to the the uh, printer um, site. Is it an HP brother? What do you got there? It's a G55. It's the one that's been pretty reliable, more reliable than later versions. Is it a Dell printer? It's an HP. HP, okay. So go on to HP's site and see if they have Windows 10 drivers. Make sure that you get the right um, bit, whether it's 32-bit or 64-bit, by checking your operating system, making sure you know the difference to see if it's okay. 32 or 64. Um, I would uninstall that printer from your configuration and then download that latest driver, either the Windows 10 version, if they have it. If they don't have it, the closest thing would be a Windows 8 driver. And you can try the Windows 8 driver to work. You can even try a Windows 7, but if they don't have a Windows 10 driver, that is probably your issue. Okay. And then you yeah, may I have think to... I have gone through the procedure, dumping it and reinstalling it. Same thing. You but did you download the driver from the site or did you just download it with it automatically trying to load it from HP's site? Oh, you did. Yeah. And you and they did have a Windows 10 driver. Um. It is. It, I want to say it's it's been a while, so I apologize for that. But uh, that's okay. I want to say it is. It looked at the computer and said, "This is what you need." Yeah. Don't Maybe. trust. Don't trust that. Um, go see if they have a Windows 10 flavor and make sure you choose the right type of driver for that particular printer. That way you can be sure that it's it's the right one. If they don't have a Windows 10 driver, though, I bet you that's part of your your trouble. Because does the printer work on other computers? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And if okay. if you've tried other USB ports, I can't imagine the printer uh, the computer having a problem printing just because it doesn't want to. So it's back to the driver again. Okay. So. USB port, driver, yeah, and ten sixty four, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And if yeah. it doesn't, and if it doesn't work, then uh, just get a different printer for that machine because it's just not Windows ten compatible. Okay. All right. That's, that's what I was thinking, and you confirmed it. So. All right, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Take care. All right. Bye bye. All right. Moving on to Chris in uh, Southington. Hey, Chris. What's up? Hey, Eric. It's Chris from Bristol Coral. How you doing? Hey, good, Chris. How are you? Good, good. Uh, Eric, I've been a uh, Quicken user for years. Yeah. And the other day I received an email from Quicken saying that uh, due to the fact that they've parted ways with Intuit, uh, there's going to be a uh, requirement to set up a new ID and, and stuff with Quicken. And uh, within 60 days, I would receive something from Quicken about a, you know, an update. And just didn't know if you guys had heard anything about that. Is it legit? And it's it's funny to the fact that you're just talking about banking and scams. So I know. I didn't uh, didn't know if that was legit or not. 
Well, I did a quick search here. It does look like Intuit sells Quicken to a private equity firm. Okay. Um, so it looks like they they have done that. But that was back in March of 2016. It's odd that you're getting something now. Yeah. 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 Just just got this the other day, like uh, two days ago. Hmm. So. I don't know. I think I would check by calling you know Quicken directly if you're concerned at all. Always don't use any numbers on these emails. Go look it up yourself. Call the company directly with their numbers or reach out to them directly without using links and emails that are sent to make sure you're contacting the right people. Right. Um, but right. It, it does look like they did sell out that Quicken portion to uh, of Intuit to a private equity firm. You're part of a okay. hedge fund. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> So, okay. All right. Well, very good. Thank you for your help. All right, Chris. Good luck. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, anytime you get an email from anything, I am completely suspicious. I don't trust anything I get, um, period. So if you ever receive anything, um, if you want to check it out, don't use links within the email. Don't use phone numbers within the, within the email. Um, go ahead and search the Internet for that particular company you're dealing with and contact them directly to make sure what they're sending you is legitimate. You just... You just can't trust it anymore. It all looks the same. It all looks legitimate because they can use the same graphics programs and they can use links that look close enough that they can easily trick you to think you're going to Intuit. I mean, with a name like Intuit, I mean, they could easily change a few letters in there and you wouldn't even notice it. Um, so you got to be sure. Let's go on to uh, Rob and Avon next. Hey, Rob. Good morning. Morning. Okay. I've got a PC. And as of yesterday, now I'm getting on any site that I go on, even through my browsers, that your connection is not secure. This site uses HTTP, strict transport security to specify, and I'm using Mozilla, Mm -hmm. uh, that Firefox may only connect to it securely. I get it on every site that I go on to on my, my box now, so I can't get to the Internet. Something happened yesterday. No internet for you, huh? No. What did you change yesterday? Did you change anything yesterday? You know, the only thing that I did is I uh, somebody sent me a YouTube video, which was pretty fun to watch. And I was able to see it on YouTube. And then I wanted to download it onto my computer. So I went to this uh, site called clipconverter.com. Mm-hmm. And I converted it. Yeah. And when I did, I was only able to get the uh, audio. I couldn't get the visual. Gotcha. So then when I started messing around, it tells me I couldn't couldn't get anything with it. So I looked at different sites to do it. All right. And it says that the certificate is not known. It may be sending, inappropriate, uh, may be sending appropriate intermediate certificates. An additional root certificate may be imported. All right. I don't know what that means. I, I hear you, Rob. Hey, so we're coming up against a heartbreak. Let me talk to you off air, okay? Sure. All right. We're going to talk to Rob off air. I want to thank all you guys for joining me on this Saturday morning. Stick around. Dr. Lice is up next. Thanks, Mike, for producing. And uh, we will see you next Saturday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.